We light these candles as a symbol of hope to celebrate the birth of Christ, to remember that he came humbly in the manger at Bethlehem, and to pray that he be born anew in our hearts today. Luke 2, 21-40. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves or two young pigeons. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him into his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against. So the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God, and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Then Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord. They returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. Then the, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord for us. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to MCA. Uh, I'm so glad that you've all come to worship with us this morning. Um, and uh, as we look forward to the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, the Savior of the world. Uh, my name is Phil Roberts. I serve here at MCA as one of the elders. And uh, I want to say a special thanks to the uh, Phrase family, who I gave the longest scripture reading that we've had yet. Good job, guys. Um, and uh, also, everyone else, the worship team uh, that made this uh, morning uh, successful so far uh, and pointed our, our hearts and our minds back to God. Uh, and thanks for all the other volunteers as well. Um, so let's uh, pray as we open up God's word together. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, may my words be your words. And our thoughts, your thoughts. Amen. Uh, so I have always enjoyed the little-known characters of the Bible. Uh, do you like reading about those, those folks who just like pop in and pop out 
They're like there for half a chapter. They're there for a verse. They get a thank you in one of the Apostle Paul's letters. I like those people. Uh, I just am glad that they're there. Um, One of my favorites is from the Old Testament, um, uh, Melchizedek. Melchizedek, where'd he come from? Uh, no, no, No parents, no lineage, just a king, just shows up, blesses Abram. We, uh, Studied that uh, earlier today and earlier this year in uh, the book of Genesis. Um, that Gentile woman who comes and asks for a healing for her de- demon-possessed daughter, and Jesus says, no, what? And then she begs and she says, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs off the table. And what does he say about this Gentile woman who came out of nowhere? He says, no faith like that in all of Israel. I like those people. They just show up out of nowhere. Um, and that's who we're going to look at today. Two people who kind of show up out of nowhere. Uh, their names are Simeon and Anna. And you've heard their, the passage that speaks of them in uh, Luke chapter 2. Um, and we're going to dig a little deeper into, into what they've done. Um, so th- we know that Luke uh, collected eyewitness accounts. If you read the, the beginning of his book... Uh, Luke talks about uh, what he wants to do, and he, he wants to go around and talk to the eyewitnesses, and he does, and he records it in a book. He wrote the Gospel of Luke and its sequel, Acts. And as for the sheer volume of writing, he wrote more Testament than anyone else. Uh, he also gave a purpose statement. When you're reading the Bible and you're reading the book, look for the purpose statement. And Luke is a really good author, and he puts his right up front. And his is that he wanted his reader to have a certainty about what he had been taught. This book, that we... And that's why we get up here week after week. And we sing, and we read the scripture, and we preach. That's why we get up here, so that you might know. And that's why we're here this morning, that you might know. That you might know that Jesus Christ was born to save all who believe in him, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Uh, Back to today's passage. I'm going to read and then just talk about the passage as we go. Um, On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And when the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice, keeping with what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. Um, now, these accounts take place eight and forty days after the birth of Jesus. Now, I could take you back to Exodus and Lamentations, which I would love to do, but then you would all be late for dinner. And I know that there's at least one person who's concerned that I talk too long. I'm not going to say a name here. But 
because of that, I'm not going to go back into Exodus and Lamentations and explain. But I just want you to think about it. In the, back when the Exodus began, the, it started with the final plague, which was the death of the firstborns of Egypt. And from there, we know that God now owns all the firstborn of Egypt, uh, of Israel. So God spared the firstborn's sons of Israel in the final plague. So all the firstborn sons of Israel, the family of Israel, have to be redeemed. They have to be bought back. So that's what Mary and Joseph are doing. They're going to the temple and, and don't think they're going to a small church in the country or they're going to the small town down the way. They're not heading just to Fredericksburg for a little visit. They are headed to the central city, the capital of all Israel, to Jerusalem. And they're heading to the biggest place they can find to go to, which is the temple. So don't think they're the only ones showing up with a baby that day. They are not. There are a bunch of families showing up with babies. Now, one thing I want you to notice is what they took. Because if you read in the Old Testament, it says you're supposed to show up with a spotless lamb. And they didn't. They, they showed up with two birds. And what that tells you about Mary and Joseph is they were poor. They didn't have any money. They took the smallest, least sacrifice they were allowed to by the law. They took, as it said in the Old Testament, it says, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. And this is where our story begins. Think, uh, don't think small town, don't think small church, think shopping mall on Black Friday, okay? That's what they walked into. There are people everywhere coming and going, uh, and, and they walk in to that. They've got their 40-day-old baby, and they have been through a lot. They're still not living in, in their hometown, most likely. They are probably still living in Bethlehem at this time. They've probably moved out of the stable. Uh, but they're, they're not at home. They're not settled, and they're poor. And their resources have been stressed. And they walk into the temple. And this is where the story gets kind of interesting. Let's continue to read. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And moved by the Spirit... He went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the, Christ, the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Okay, so Simeon. We don't know much about him. Uh, he obeyed God. That's what it says. Uh, I won't board you, uh, but uh, he was rightly related to and he carefully observed the law. He was a really good guy. But more importantly, it says three times in here that the Holy Spirit 
was on him. The Holy Spirit, he, he walked with the Spirit. Does that bring any other New Testament passages to your mind? If we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, uh, Mary and Joseph, it's kind of cool. They, they hear five, you hear five times in this passage how they did what the law required. Five times they did what the scripture asked them to do. And three times Simeon followed the Spirit. So, what's it say? This, this is free application. If you stay in the Word and you follow the Spirit, you won't go too far wrong, okay? Uh, I just think this is a, a great story. Um, so this guy, Simeon, we don't know how old he is, but we got to figure this guy's pretty old because of what he says later when he prays. Um, but he gets carried away. Uh, the same word that says moved by the Spirit is the same word that you use in the, in the New Testament for physically moving an inanimate object. It's the same word. It's a different application, but... But moved by the Holy Spirit, uh, I, I, I thought of, uh, um, I used to work in retail, and I always watched the little kids stop by the toy aisle, and, and the parents would come up and say, come on, time to go, time to go, time to go, let's, let's go. And eventually, they'd either take them by the hand, or they'd pick them up, or they'd just shove them along. That's what the Holy Spirit did to Simeon. That he was moved by the Holy Spirit. He didn't have a choice in this one. Um, so Mary and Joseph come in. Simeon comes up. And remember, it's not a small place. This is a big place. Lots of families. Lots of babies. And the Holy Spirit pointed out this one family and this one child. And Simeon came up. And uh, you've all seen it. Uh, People my age, grandparent age, parents' age, they see a baby and they come up and they go, oh, what a cute little baby, you know, squeeze the cheek or whatever. Uh, well, he doesn't do that. He doesn't pat the baby Jesus on his head. The word here means he picked him up and cradled him in his arm. He was holding the Savior and he knew it. He had waited his entire life. In fact, the Holy Spirit had told him, you're not going to die until you see the Savior. And he comes up and he knows this is the Savior. The Holy Spirit said, that's the one. Now, can you imagine being Mary and Joseph at this point? This random, this random guy comes up and grabs your baby and cradles him in his arm and starts to pray. Because that's what he does. He starts to pray. Let's read the prayer. Verse 29 says, Sovereign Lord... As you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory to your people, Israel. Uh, I, I like the fact that we dedicate children here. We call it baby dedication. It's not the same thing that they did, but... It reminds me of what Simeon did. He took the baby in his arm and he prayed. And that's what we do. Uh, we usually let the parents hold their own kids because there's a lot less crying that way. But, uh, but Simeon didn't. He, he picked up uh, the baby Jesus and held him in his arm and prayed. 
Remember, to Simeon, this was not a surprise. It may have been a surprise to Mary and Joseph, but it was not a surprise to Simeon. He had been waiting his entire life. Um, If you remember back in the story of Abraham, he lost his son for 20 years. He thought he was dead. Uh, Remember the coat of many colors was brought to him, torn and soaked in blood, and he thought, I lost my son forever. I lost him. But then when he goes to Egypt and he finds his son, what does he say? Jacob said, "Um, now let me die since I have seen you face to face and I know that you are alive. Now, everybody says that Simeon probably died soon after this because he was ready to. Jacob lived another 17 years after he said that. So who knows how old Simeon was or if he died soon, but we know he was waiting. He anticipated this Savior that was going to come. His decades of waiting had been rewarded. Now his prayer, um, he says that this has been prepared in the sight of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and a light for the glory of God's people, Israel. This is big news. This is a big thing. Um, And I like, Luke is a really good author because um, he uses the same word twice. And, And when they did that in the Bible, that usually meant, okay, take notice, I've said this twice. Um, And Luke says that, Simeon was waiting with anticipation. And later, we're going to see that same word used again. Kind of bookends to this passage. A man who waited for the Savior. He was waiting for the deliverance of Israel. He was waiting for the Savior of the world. The one who would deliver. And now he'd seen that person. Uh, Kind of interesting. Do you think Simeon expected to see a baby? I don't know. I kind of don't think so. I think that Simeon expected a full-blown Savior, a, an adult male ready to deliver Israel. And instead, he's holding an infant saying, I've now seen the Savior. And then he, he goes on from there. And after the prayer, he blesses. Uh, and it says, I like... Uh, the, the message uh, par- paraphrase here says, um, and the chi- it says in the NIV, it says, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. In the message, it says they were speechless. They were just standing there dumbstruck. They had no idea what was going on. Uh, it wasn't a surprise to Simeon, but it was a surprise to Mary and Joseph. And then Simeon blessed them. Do you know the power Grandparents, parents, leaders, the power of your words to bless people. What this word means is he wished God's best on them. And that's what we should do. Uh, As people in authority, in families, in businesses, uh, I've enjoyed having 
dinner with a friend of mine, and he works with a, a boss that blesses him, a fellow believer. What a power that we can have to bless those uh, in our family, our grandkids, our kids, uh, those of you who work with our children here. It is a, a tremendous power, and that's what Simeon did. He blessed them. And this is a rabbit trail, but I'm going to take it. Okay, I love rabbit trails. Do you remember, I mentioned Melchizedek earlier. Melchizedek was the king of Salem, and after Abraham went out and defeated the kings in a battle, one man took his friends, pardon me, I love coffee anyway. One guy took his friends out and beat some kings in a battle. And then he comes back. And this guy, out of nowhere, comes down and blesses Abraham. Comes down and speaks a blessing on Abraham. Melchizedek, the king of peace, king of Salem, became Jerusalem. Kind of cool. So Melchizedek comes down and blesses Abraham. Now, what do we know from that passage is that the greater always blesses the smaller. So Melchizedek blessed Abram. So this guy, who we don't know anything about in our passage today, this Simeon blessed Mary and Joseph. He had to be one of the greatest men in Jerusalem because he could offer a blessing to the, to the mother of our Lord. Um, so there's my rabbit trail. Be a blessing to those around you. Uh, and then Simeon continues. And Simeon, after he blessed, Mary, blessed the, the couple, he said to Mary, and you got to kind of wonder, why did he only say this to Mary? Did you notice that? He didn't say it to Joseph. He said it to Mary, the rest of this. And he said, um, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. Okay, Simeon was a prophet. And we know that because he was a holy man of God and he spoke as he was carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this is a prophecy uh, that comes from, uh, from the book, from one of the letters of Peter, that holy men of God spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So Simeon's a prophet and he's speaking a prophecy here. And he says to Mary that your child is destined to call the, cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. Things are going to switch when Jesus comes of age. And we know this. The Pharisees and the religious rulers are going to fall. And those who are suffering, who are poor, who are downtrodden are going to be raised up. And the same happens today through Jesus. Those of us who are fallen and hurting are raised up by Jesus and if you're not hurting right now, you have been in the past or you will be in the future. So look to Jesus. He is the one who will raise you up. So Simeon continues and he says, this is a sign that will be spoken against. 
so that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed. Those who speak against Jesus reveal their hearts, don't they? The Pharisees, the religious leaders, spoke against Jesus, and they revealed their heart, that their heart was not for God. And then finally, he says to Mary, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. It speaks of the crucifixion, of the suffering she's going to see when she sees Jesus uh, go to the cross. And there's a second one-hit wonder. Uh, her name is Anna. We only see her here. But this is pretty cool. Uh, there are very few prophetesses in the Bible. A prophetess is a lady who's a prophet. Um, most of them did a really good job. Uh, you've heard of them. Miriam, uh, Moses' sister. Deborah. Uh, there was one lady prophet um, who opposed Nehemiah. Uh, and then, and then, there's Anna, a prophetess, and she comes up right at that time. Now, she uh, about Anna. She's old. She's really old. Uh, it it says in the passage that she had been married and then lived with her husband seven years, and then it either says she lived eighty four years after that, or she lived to the age of eighty four after that. We don't know. If she lived 84 years after her husband's death, she was over 100 years old at this time. She was old. She lived in the temple. She worshipped. She fasted. She prayed. She was at the temple all the time. And at that very time, she came up and she started telling everybody who was listening or who had a heart to listen. And it's kind of interesting. The parents, um, the parents are still in shock, of course. Um, and Anna knew who was ready to listen. Kind of cool. She didn't just go to everybody and say, "Hey, this is the Christ. This is the Savior." She went to those who were willing and ready to listen. Uh, I I heard uh, in a sermon this week. Um, so this is not original to me. That the reason, the way to be young when you get old is you must have a bigger dream than your memories. Kind of cool. Got to have a dream worth living for at every age. Um, so this made a stir. Uh, remember, this big place, this shopping mall-sized place, people everywhere. And she's going up to certain people and saying, go see the Christ. And they do. But Mary and Joseph came in, remember, they were immediately accosted by Simeon. And all this is going on. It's just been a whirlwind for who knows how long this took. There's all kinds of people approaching, one after the other, coming up to, to Mary and Joseph. Maybe some asked to hold the baby, who knows? But they were all worshiping. And Mary and Joseph still haven't done what they came to do. So after all this... Have you ever been in a, a situation where things kind of blow up and, and everything goes the, the wrong way and then you still have to finish? Um, you still have to do what you came to do and that's what they do. Uh, the parents had to continue. They had to offer their sacrifice. They had to, to do what was required by the law 
And they did it, and they went home. Uh, and Jesus, it says, a uh, child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, Simeon and Anna did not live to see the Christ as a man. They didn't see him as a preacher, as a healer in power. They saw him as a baby, frail, weak, and still they worshipped him as their savior. They, neither Simeon nor Anna knew how everything was going to work out. But they both waited with eager anticipation. They waited for years and decades to see the Christ, but they only got to see the baby. We know the rest of the story. Uh, Colossians 1.27 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This whole thing, this whole story points to a Christ who came to do a work that we might live with him forever and that his Holy Spirit might live in all of us. Joy came from hearts that longed and waited to see God's salvation. And I hope as we complete this Christmas and Advent season, that we would all long to see that Christ. He, he came so that we might live with him forever. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for these people who waited for you for Simeon and Anna, and I thank you for Luke who wrote their, their stories down. Uh, dear God, you sent your son that he might live a perfect life and die the death that we deserved, that we might live with you forever. And that is Christ in us, the hope of glory. In your son's precious name we pray, amen.